Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of the First Baptist Big Spring Podcast. Glad you've joined me today. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Minister of Discipleship and Administration here at First Baptist Big Spring. And today we're going to look back upon the sermon from October 25th from Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark was preaching in our series entitled The Jesus Story that we've been in this year in the book of John. And this Sunday, we looked at John chapter 8, starting in verse number 31. John chapter 8, starting in verse number 31. And we worked our way all the way until the end of chapter 8. And we were talking about truth. We were talking about abiding in Christ. We were talking about discipleship and how the truth will set you free. And we looked at several things with Pastor Mark on Sunday about this idea as it relates to discipleship. And that's where I want to spend our time today. It was the first sermon point from Sunday morning, the idea of the choice of discipleship, the choice of discipleship. So I want to read verses 31 and 32 of John chapter 8 for you as we get started here. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. John said, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So this idea of discipleship and knowing the truth, and what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? We're told by Paul to imitate Christ as he imitates. Imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. We are to know who Jesus is. We are to imitate him. We are to look like Jesus. We should be obeying his words. We should be listening to his teaching. And we should be sitting under the authority of Christ. And so I want to look at these three things that Mark told us about under discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple in Christ? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And the first one he talked about was to accept the authority of Christ, to accept the authority of Christ. Remember another portion in Scripture where we're told that even the uh, even Satan believes in Jesus, but Satan does not accept the authority of Christ. He recognizes his power. And so it's simply not enough to just believe in Jesus. We have to know Jesus, and we have to accept his authority over our lives. We use the phrase sometimes in the church, and in talking about following Christ, we will say the phrase, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. A lot of folks that uh, I've come in contact over the years, uh, they like the idea of the Savior Jesus. He's going to save them from their sins. He's going to save them from punishment in hell. But many times we fail to recognize that Jesus is both our Savior and our Lord. To be Lord means we accept his authority. We live under his authority, which means that we recognize that he is sovereign over all things. And he has authority over all of things, including our life. And so we have to accept the authority of Jesus Christ. Uh, His authority is going to reign over all things in all matters, uh, regardless of of our actions. But as believers, we are called to accept the authority of Christ, 
to accept the authority of Christ. Secondly, Mark talked about assimilating the truth of Scripture. Assimilation is when we enter the fold. We come together. Uh, we uh, work on that idea together. To assimilate the truth means to take the truth from Scripture and to work it into uh, being a part of our everyday lives. We assimilate the truth. We let it hold sway. And so the idea of understanding Scripture, assimilating ourselves to Scripture, means that we are uh, doing those things. We've accepted the authority of Christ, and now we must assimilate the truth of Scripture. It means we read the Bible. It means we know the Bible. It means uh, that we we believe what it says, and that makes us a disciple of Christ. Uh, we many times can read things, but not accept the authority over it, and we can't uh, participate in it. We have to uh, do both of those things. We read signs on the road that say things like speed limit or yield or stop. And sometimes maybe we fail to accept the authority of Christ. Or secondly, maybe we, or, or the signage, we fail to assimilate it. Uh, there And then we have to apply the principles. That's the third thing we'll get to here in just a minute. If you've driven by church in the last couple of weeks, uh, they're doing road construction and repaving FM 700. And the on or the exit ramp from 700 leading to 87 southbound uh, is closed. Uh, the detour is a very roundabout way to get there. And so a lot of people have been cutting through our church parking lot and doing U-turns because they think it's the quickest way uh, to do that, and they've been doing U-turns out in front. Well, there's a no U-turn sign there. Uh, if you didn't know that, check it out next time. And and many people are not accepting the authority that the signage has over their ability to avoid a ticket, and they're doing a U-turn. That U-turn sign is there uh, because we had several wrecks out in front of our church, and uh, some of the cones that are in our parking lot right now are there because people would come in and, and drive really quickly around uh, and do dangerous U-turns in our parking lot. And so we kind of try to try to help that. And, and so sometimes we don't agree with what we read or what we know or what we're supposed to do because we think we have a better way. It's quicker. It's faster. It's easier. It's going to make more sense. But sometimes we can cause problems that we did not know even existed. And so not only do we have to recognize the authority of Christ, accept the authority of Christ, we have to assimilate the truth of Scripture. But here's the last one. Number three, we have to apply the principles. Apply the principles. A lot of people know all the things. A lot of people know a lot more than they think they know. A lot of people have attitudes that think they have everything together. Um, and, and what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus is we don't have to be overly complicated about it. We have to accept Christ's authority. We have to be living in obedience to Scripture. But we have to apply the principles that are within it. Very difficult to do that sometimes, apply those principles. There are many things in Scripture that are teaching us broad principles, and we have to apply them to different things. And then the opposite of that is when we have specific issues that we are living through in our world, and we interpret those things differently based on our shared experience and the context in which we are living. 
And so we have to take the scripture uh, and apply the principles there. And sometimes when those things are challenging is when they're not specifically mentioned in the Bible. I'll give you an example. Social media. Social media was not present during the time of Jesus and the writing of the New Testament. But the idea that I talked about in my sermon a couple of weeks ago of applying the principle of being careful as to what we say in order that we can influence others for Christ, that's a that's a principle that's contained in several passages of Scripture, being slow to speak and uh, quick to listen. Uh, these, these are principles, although they certainly were in no way addressing social media uh, at the time of writing there. They can certainly be applied. But others, where there are specific things we're dealing with, it becomes a big challenge uh, in that way. And so we have to apply the principles. We also have to understand our local context. This can be different from city to city, certainly from state to state, and a thousand percent uh, could create some challenges as we interpret those based on uh, believers in one country or another. Uh, think about the different way that a that an American Christian would read the idea of persecution versus the way that a Chinese believer, a member of an underground church, would read about persecution. Do you think the two of us read those things uh, the same? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> we don't read them the same. We may think we do, but we don't. We understand persecution as being one of two things. One, it's not actually persecution because we think people are all out to get us. But we don't actually understand what true persecution is. A Chinese believer would understand what true persecution is in the context that Scripture is talking about. And so we have these different understandings based on uh, the experience that we're living in. And there are plenty of other examples. And so we have to be very cautious uh, to apply specific things to general things and general things to specific things. So we have to be very cautious on that uh, as, we, as we read the Bible uh, and seek to understand how we're going to live our lives uh, for Christ. A friend of mine uh, named Eric, church planter that we partner with in Denver, Colorado, planting Journeyman Church in the Lowry neighborhood of eastern Denver. They've set their church up to be a disciple-making church. And uh, what they've done is their mission statement is all around uh, these things. So I want to read that for you. It's very short. It's very well done. So let me read that and see where this takes us for just a minute. Journeyman Church exists to know the master, mimic his ways, and apprentice others. We desire to lead people in an intimate and intellectual knowledge of Christ as Savior and Lord, equip Christ followers to live as Christ did, and build a genuine community of disciple-makers through our apprentice program. Know the Master, mimic His ways, and apprentice others. Number one, got to know who Jesus is. you got to be in a relationship with Him. Number two, you have to mimic His ways. You have to imitate Christ. You need to look like Jesus. And number three, you need to apprentice others, which means you need to take other people and lead them to look more like Jesus. This is a process that we have to walk through. 
And so this idea of what does it mean to be a disciple, what does it mean to be a disciple-making church, is a disciple-making church is a church full of believers who love God, they're trying their very best to be changed by God, and they're leading others to do the same. And so I want to spend the last couple of minutes of this episode, it's going to be a little shorter than normal, but here's where I want to spend just a few minutes as we wrap up today. I want to challenge us to do, I want to speak to the audience here just at First Baptist Big Spring. If you're not a member of this church, this may be a bit um, difficult for you to understand. It could certainly apply to your church uh, where you attend as well. But I want to speak just a moment uh, to the folks here uh, in at First Baptist Big Spring. So are we doing these three things in our church? Know the master. Are you in a relationship with Jesus? If you're a professed believer in Jesus Christ, you know the master. Know the master. But are we mimicking his ways? Are we looking more and more like Jesus? Do we share his attitude that Christ is above all, that, that God is above all, that we are willing to live up, give up our lives, that we are willing to accept the idea that, that God is more important uh, and more valuable than us, even though he loved us so much to send his son, that he's the one that is Lord over all. So are we imitating Christ? Are we sharing his example of being humble and lowly in order that God can be exhausted, exalted? And finally, are we mimicking his ways? Uh, excuse me, we're mimicking his ways. And finally, uh, are we apprenticing others? My theory about where we are as a church today is that we're doing a decent job of the first two. There are a lot of people that know Jesus, a lot of people that I've met Jesus uh, 50 years ago, a lot of several folks that have been baptized in the last few years. So we, we have people in this church that know Jesus. Second, we have a lot of people in this church that are mimicking his ways. They're trying to do their very best to be a part of the church body. And they're doing uh, things to help us out with various ministries and uh, missions. And we're in the middle of Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we have people that are teaching Sunday school. Uh, we're going to be doing the drive through fall festival, trunk or treat thing coming up uh, later. And so we, we've got a lot of these things where we're trying to do things in order to reach people for Jesus. But I would suggest to you this morning that the final one of mimicking, his, uh, excuse me, of apprenticing others, leading other people, that we're struggling mightily in that way. Let me ask you a question, a diagnostic question for us as a church uh, today. When is the last time, when is the last time that we have had a successful small group? Maybe it's a Sunday school class. Maybe it's a men's group, a ladies group, uh, an outreach ministry uh, to maybe shut-ins or nursing homes. When is the last time? that you can remember that one of those groups was so strong and so large that they sent out a leader from their group to start another group to reach more people. Let me ask you one more time. When was the last time you remember that a small group in our church, a Bible study, a Sunday school class, an outreach ministry was so large and so successful, and had a leader being raised up so that they could send out and start a new 
group from them. Multiplication. When was the last time our group multiplied? We're not doing a lot of that. We need to be doing a lot of that. Means that us as a church staff, we need to be working towards raising up leaders to take over our jobs. As the ministerial staff, we are here to help you to do the work of the ministry. We are to equip you. We need to be doing a better job of that as a staff. Our small group Bible studies, we need to be doing a better job of growing them and multiplying them. Growing them and multiplying them. Why do we want to multiply groups? Why do we want more small group Bible studies? Why do we want more people gathered around the Word of God in small groups? Why do we want more groups of two or three people reading the Bible together and studying Scripture together? Diagnostic question number two this morning. Are you more likely to speak up in a group of 30 or a group of 13? One more time. Are you more likely to speak up in a group of 30 or 13? I think most of us would say 13. Are you more likely to speak up in a group of 13 or a group of three? I think most of us would probably say three. We need to be a part of a small group, disciple-making church where leaders are being raised up, multiplied, so that others can be led to Christ. We have some amazing small group Bible study teachers here, some great Sunday school teachers. We need to be raising up more of those. We need to be sending people out. As dynamic or as awesome as we may be, or as great a teacher as any of us may be, no matter who we are, no matter how we teach, no matter what we do, there are people that are going to feel more comfortable around someone else. There are people that are comfortable around us because of the style that we teach and the ways that we share. But there are so many different types of people that live in our community and our world that we need to have a place for all of them. And so we need to be a church that's multiplying leaders. We need to be a church that is raising up a generation in order that they can know Jesus gather around his word. So how are we going to do that as a church? Well, number one, we better be praying. We want it for the next generation. We want people to be gathered around the word of God, sharing their faith with others. But we have to be in a place where they can do that, which means we need to provide the resources when we need to provide the training. And we need people that love Jesus that are willing to apprentice them, to show them how to do it to walk alongside of them, to teach them how to prepare a lesson, to teach them how to share their faith. We need to be doing that as a church. Each of us here want a movement of believers so that our city can be in a relationship with Christ. That's what we want. If we want that to be successful, we need to raise up new leaders. We need to raise up more leaders. We need to raise up a generation of small groups 
we need to expand how many people are gathered around the Word of God on a regular basis. And the only ways that we can do that is, number one, we know Jesus, we imitate him, and we train others. Thank you for joining me today. Look forward to another edition of the podcast in just a couple of days here. You'll enjoy that episode, I know, and hope to see you back here again soon.